Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bring On The Reviews podcast, where if you want review, my name's DC, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you a ton of movie news, TV news, and some comic book news as well. Today is the 71st episode of the podcast, which is happening on August 15th, 2018. So in this first section, um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, basically, I go over all the news that's happened this past week and basically give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs all the way around the circle. So here is what we have this week. So um, the first bit of news I have here is that Legendary Pictures is going to develop a supervillain heist movie. Um, I, you might be confused because you're thinking, wait a minute, did they have Suicide Squad? But no, this is going to be totally different. This is going to be straight up on some the other side of the the basically mirror. Um, so whenever you see like a superhero movie, normally the supervillains try to break into somewhere and try to steal something and then see from a superhero's point of view. But I think this one's going to be from the villain's point of view, which is kind of cool. It's totally different from the Suicide Squad kind of feel because with the Suicide Squad, it was just basically them being forced to do good things. Which was cool for what for what is worth. Um, the animated property did better than the live action one for sure. So I wouldn't mind seeing a comic comic book version accurate kind of. Um, I'm not sure if they will use like like mainstream villains or they'll use like um, made up ones. I'm not sure what what they'll do with it in in general. Just because it's so early in the stages right now. But I believe Legendary is part of Warner, I believe, or has a connection to Warner. So they might use some DC characters. I wouldn't mind that if they brought some, you know, like Rogue's Gallery or possibly some not as well-known um, properties for supervillains. That'd be kind of cool. And then that would be a way to, like, bring in, like, probably one of the superheroes that they're not forementioned before. Maybe, like, Blue Beetle or, you know, someone that's on the lower end of the tier does have to be like the top three or top seven um, DC um, universe heroes. It could be just some some lower tier level um, superhero. So I wouldn't mind that. So the premise of it so far seems kind of cool. Um, the fact that the Cooper supervillains are basically trying to stage a heist to go inside a superhero's um, layer of sorts and steal something from them. And then it just goes terribly wrong. So I feel like it's going to be... It's going to be kind of fun, kind of cool, and it'll be kind of nice to see a superhero being portrayed as a villain, kind of, for a movie, and it just, I'd like to see the whole mix and matchup of, of that whole thing for me. It dispels greatness, and I can't wait to see this um, pop up on the big screen. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when this movie would come out to the big screen, but it's being developed right now, and I just really can't wait for it at all. So that, for me... Um, We'll give it a thumbs up. The next thing I have here is um, Ruby Rose is just casted as um, Batwoman for the DC TV universe. So if no one's understanding this, um, some people might not. Who knows? Um, the CW TV um, universe has been going for some time now. It has the Arrow. It has the Flash. um, just had Black Lightning on there. It had Le- Legends of Tomorrow. And, you know... It's doing pretty well for for the most part. So they're bringing in Batwoman for the crossover that's happening like mid fallish, and then sometime next year she's gonna have her own spinoff um, TV show. So that's kind of cool. 
Um, this that woman is the the Kate um, Kane version of Batwoman, which is a well known version, which is pretty nice as well. At first, I wasn't sure about this casting just because Ruby Rose hasn't done much for for my for my purposes. She hasn't been in too many um, um, properties that showcase her, her abilities for the most part. The the most I've seen her done do actually in like the um, like a, a forefront kind of role is Orange New Black. She played a character there, and it wasn't that um, predominant. Um, this new movie, The Meg, she's in there too. She's showcased a little bit more of her chops in that one, which I feel I really need to see that more. It'd be kind of cool. And then she was also in um, John Wick um, season season two. John Wick two, she was in. So in that one, you could see her action skills, which was pretty pretty good for, for the most part. I, I really didn't mind her in that um, realm. Um, she was a, a mute in that one, so she didn't really talk at all. So I was like, all right, this is kind of cool, especially for what she's done so far. And I kind of want to see more. So hearing this casting, I wasn't upset. I wasn't, like, excited. I was like, I, I need to see more from this this person, to be honest. Like, if she had, like, a couple more movies under her belt or even, like, a semi-lead um, role, then I'd probably feel bet- a little bit better. But I, I could be wrong. It she could be amazing in this role. Um, many folks have also mentioned that um, Gal Gadot was in the same kind of a situation where everyone's kind of doubting her as well. Even I doubt her a little bit just because when she first came on the scene, I, same kind of situation. I really wasn't sure until I saw a picture of her and, and she looked like she could do the role. And then the trailers came out and I was like, all right, yeah, she seems like a good fit. She seems like she's doing well. She's working out well. And lo and behold, her movie's probably one of the best um, DC live-action movies to date, to be honest. So uh, that's kind of cool. So back to Ruby Rose. Um, Her being cast as Batwoman, I'm fine with it for now. I have to see a little bit more. Probably have to see, like, a costume um, fitting or even, like, a, a trailer with her in it and... I kind of want to feel the vibe and and see how it's going to be because when it comes down to it, she's going to have to lead her own show in the next couple of seasons. So hopefully it's a good pick. Um, So far, that's a thumbs three quarters way up. So I want to say middle or up all the way. So I'm going to say three quarters, definitely. The next thing I have here is kind of attached to what I just mentioned. So after hearing Ruby Rose got um, the job as Batwoman, a lot of folks on Twitter kind of hit her hard, and they had the same kind of concerns I did. So that that's kind of crazy, um, and it's as warranted. You know, there are concerns for her being picked as Batwoman, but they was very very crazy about it. So it forced her to actually leave Twitter, um, which is unfortunate, just because you know hearing that backlash and like how vicious they were was just crazy. They mentioned how she's not um she's not um professional enough and not enough um movies under her belt, not enough properties under her belt, that she wasn't gay enough as well. Which I was like, that's that's crazy. That uh, really is crazy. It's one of those things where Twitter needs to calm down just a little bit. Um for this one, I gave it a thumbs middle only because 
I'm on the fence. And in one way, yes, I feel that her leaving Twitter was fine just because Twitter is definitely a crazy world. And if you, you're not about that life, then you're not about that life. I'm okay with that. And on the other hand, I kind of wish she did stay and like weather the storm a little bit because it also reminded me of Heath Ledger when he got casted as the Joker and everybody was just up in arms about what he's a Joker, but and it was it was crazy. The Twitter verse went crazy back then. I remember. So when he came out with the first trailer, everybody was like, "Wow, okay, never mind. He he's good fit. Um, we're we're quieted down now. We're good to go." Same thing that happened with um, Ben Affleck as Batman. Everybody's like, what? Daredevil? This is going to be horrible. Blah, blah, blah. And then the first trailer came out. It's like, okay. Actually, it wasn't the first trailer. It's like the first picture came out. And it's like, oh, he's a big Batman. And then the first trailer came out. It's like, oh, I like this Batman so far. So I could be honest. In Batman v Superman, he's probably the best version of Batman in that kind of realm. So... Right now, until further notice, until we see, like, actual trailer or even some set pictures of her in a costume, uh, I can't say much besides should go ahead try and we'll, you know, either say yay or nay once it fully comes into fruition. So, um, for me, still yet, um, thumbs middle for that situation, unfortunately. Next thing I have here, which I was going to spend a ton of time on it. But I feel like I could spend a, a decent amount of time without, you know, boring you folks about this one little aspect of the Oscars that's coming up. So they basically put in a new rule, a new category, basically, for the Oscars, which is um, the popular film of the year, which I feel is a, a, a straight up cop out. I, I really do feel like it's a cop out. For me, this is a thumbs all the way down. When it comes down to it, if you put this situation here, then a lot of movies that you might know, like um, Deadpool 2 or even, you know, Star Wars or even like Black Panther, um, Black Panther would probably do pretty well on its own. But when it comes down to it, some of these movies that did very well financially could possibly get into this realm right here. But at the same time, it feels like a, a cop out to the actual game. Golden, Glo- oh, Golden Globes, uh, Oscars. It really does feel like a cop out for real. Um, back a couple years ago, I don't remember, you know, folks saying that. Yeah, let's make a popular vote. It just it feels weird, like them introducing this popular vote. Just it feels like something that we could have done without it, or even try to include a better selection of movies each and every year. Because when it comes down to it now, if, say, Black Panther wins a popular movie of the year or whatever for Oscar and don't win the best movie of the year. So now it's like, oh, you won the popular vote, which is cool. It's nice. A lot of people loved it. But it feels like it's it's not as, as heavy hidden as best movie or, you know, best lead or something like that. It, just, it feels like it's going to be the super, super broad and... It's going to have a ton of movies in there, which hopefully these movies aren't like comic book movies. And it's like, okay, a list of six comic book movies all in one area here because they wouldn't go for any other um, facet in the um, Academy Awards, which it, it, it downplays the whole thing. I, I, I wish they would have picked something else. I, I wish they would have did something where 
it didn't feel as as cheap as it does right now. Just it it, it feels weird. Best popular film. It just if you ever win best popular film, it just means that you won a popular. It is Miss Congeniality. You just won a popularity contest. It just it, it feels weird. It really does feel weird. It doesn't hold any water for me. It just compared to um, other movies that had best cinematography, um, best director, best um, screenplay, um, best motion picture, like to be the most popular movie, it just it, it feels weird. It really does feel weird. If if you say all those things together, it's just when it comes down to it, it just it feels very very awkward and out of place for real. So I kind of want to see what movies will be nominated in that um, facet. And hopefully they're not just movies that they want to just uh, push in an Oscar feat just to put it push it in there. It, it just feels it, it'll just cheapen the whole thing. And when you have movies like um, like a comic book movie, I wanted to be able to have a, a a shot or even a chance to be become best motion picture. Like that that to me just spells a whole lot more. That spells a whole lot more diversity where. A uh, best motion picture could be a comic book film, where it's like, yo, they did amazing, and they beat out every other movie, rather than being like a, a popular vote, where it's like, oh yeah, it made a lot of money this year, so it might win the whole thing. This it just feels weird. Like, how do you vote it on that one? Is it just money only? Is it just um, what people love to watch? Which that could be very very broad. I'm not sure exactly how would you really classify that it's just it feels like any movie that has like maybe like a 95 or percent more on rot tomatoes what might be in the league for this who knows but when you think about those movies they could be totally different from each other and they could have a different feel of different vibe and when it comes down to it it just it feels different than when you say best motion picture just because with motion picture it just takes everything all in once well, this one just says, which one has the most fame? Which, it feels it feels weird. It really does feel weird. So, that's my thoughts on that. It's always down, down for me. Um, I, I really don't like that being introduced into the um, Oscars at all. So, next thing I have here is um, Jumanji 3 is planning to do a, a, a more centralized kind of feel and vibe. So, they're trying to... Um, have more connections to the original film, um, the one with um, the one with Robin Williams. So they're trying to connect more to that one there, which for me, I understand why. Um, it, it's cool to try to even um, connect it more to that that movie itself. I feel that they did quite a bit in the in the second movie, which they did a. A semi callback to the Paris family, which is fine. Um, I understand that's all you need. Any more connection is cool, but then you get to a realm where are you just shoehorning this first one in just to shoehorn it in? Uh, I feel that when you pay homage to the first movie, you should do it in the second movie and then kind of like phase it out. So the third one, you're like, totally your own thing which that's what jumanji 2 did which it made it its own thing and it made it very distinctive um from the first one which i liked that feature alone there's other reasons why i don't like the movie but for that reason alone it just paying homage and moving forward 
it did an amazing job with that. So to hear that Jumanji 3 is kind of taking a step back and want more connections to part one, it feels kind of weird. You should definitely think about this connecting to the part two and moving along and making sure that this has a story to tell that keeps on moving forward and it doesn't feel weird. Because when you think about it, if this changes up and say, pay more homage to part one, what do you do? Do you include other characters from part one? Um, do you mention the Paris family even more? Do you try to have like a flashback of sorts? I I'm not sure what they will do to make sure that the first one is included more into this movie. It does it feel like they should just definitely stay clear of part one. Just keep on going with their own thing. And, you know, every now and then drop like a, a, a hint or a clue, like maybe like a cameo from one person. And then the, that's it. Just have where they pop in for like two minutes and then leave right out and just keep on doing what you're doing. Because that, that's the best thing you have going for you is this, the fact that you're loosely based on the first one, which which is very good, to be honest. Um, thinking about connecting to the first one would only make people very, very down slash um, notice the, the very quaint and little weird similarities, which when it comes down to it, it's okay to reinvent the whole wheel and move forward with it. That's perfectly fine with me. So that reason alone, I give this one a thumbs middle just because I wasn't happy but not sad about them trying to um, pay homage to the first one, even include it more in the third one. Um, though I kind of wish that I, I they stay away from part one as much as possible and only sprinkle it in whenever they feel like it. Um, so that, that's, that's my thumbs middle for that one. Next thing I have here is a um, cast and introduction of two f two well-known characters from Kim Possible. So as folks might have remembered, um, last week I mentioned, uh, the last week or the week before, I mentioned that there's a Kim Possible live action movie coming out. And they casted the the actress that's paying Kim Possible. And they had a picture of it as well. Which the picture wasn't that impressive, to be honest. So I gave it like a thumbs middle or a thumbs down. Some somewhere close to that. So this week they actually brought on two people. Um, they brought on um Patton Oswald, which played the Doctor Dementor. So he's actually gonna play the Doctor Dementor character again, which is kinda cool. And they bring in back um Allison Hannigan, which played the um, Dr. Kim Possible. The Dr. Ann Possible, sorry. Oh, Dr. Ann Possible. Um, so they bring her in, um, which is kind of cool. And then also um, Carlson um, Romano. She's actually, she's actually played the voice of Kim Possible. So she's actually coming back as a, a, a cameo character, which I kind of wish that she would would have played and possible just because it would, it would have been a nice little feature, a little nice little thing to have where, you know, this person's playing the mother, but they used to play the, the daughter, which is kind of cool when, when that happens on screen. So for me, th these are, these are good ads to be honest. Um, you need to bring some kind of, um, notoriety to your, your live action film. And if you bring in the person who voiced the character for some time and then bring in the, the villain that, it's going to play the villain again. That's always good. And those two actors are pretty nice. I remember this um, TV show. I used to watch it, to be honest. Um, this TV show wasn't bad at all. 
it was actually fun and it, it brought a lot of you know smiles to my face i i kind of wish they would bring back um the the eric not eric eric from boy meets world um william i can't remember his name but yes they did bring him back as well hopefully they bring him back as you know as some other random cameo character i'll be fine with that as well but hopefully to bring out a lot more of the the TV show um, actors, voice actors. That'd be kind of cool. And, you know, it'll be kind of, you know, nostalgic in sorts. So that'd be kind of nice. So I give that one a thumbs three quarters of the way up. It definitely did put a smile on my face for sure. The next thing I have here is um, an ongoing story that I've been covering for the last past three weeks. It is the the woes of movie pass. So, if you have been following me the last past couple of weeks again, I've mentioned that um, movie pass has been going downhill for a good like month and a half. They've been going downhill. So they changed their subscription. They've changed everything over. They've done that like a, a few couple times um in this past month and a half. And also they've changed their their price model a couple of times as well. So it's kind of funny that they're changing again. So coming in the next couple of days, they're actually limiting folks to only seeing two random movies at each theater, which if you're a, f- a fan of movie pass, that's a very big blow to you. So you're not even having all the movies you could pick from as you normally could. You only could pick two random movies and it's, it's, Actually, not two random movies, two random showings. And it could possibly be the same movie, or it could be just two other random movies. So, and, and it could be any time of the day, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this cause, because I, I spent quite a bit of time the last couple of weeks, and it's just, there's nothing new besides this happening now. And I, I think Movie Pass is over. I, I think that once they get their money back, that Folks are not going to want to come back to the subscription service again. Um, even now, I'm hearing that folks are trying to leave, and Movie Pass is kind of blocking them from leaving, which is kind of funny. Um, so it's 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 sad. It really, is sad. I, I used to be a champion for uh, Movie Pass, but now that they've done all these things, it just it spells it spells horribleness. Uh, I can't stand behind a a company that changes their business model so quickly in the last like 90 days and and makes it where instead of it being every day 30 days oh, sorry every day basically um you can watch a movie to now only three times a month and in that three times a month you can only watch um, a, a very short number of movies a random two movies a day so it's like it's it just spells craziness and it just makes the the app not usable anymore. It just it feels like you can barely watch anything at all. So I've actually switched over to AMC A list. Um, they've been pretty well for me. They're pretty well. They've been pretty good for me so far. Um, and I've seen at least three to four movies a week. So it, it's doing wonders. It really is. It's doing a lot better than um, Movie Pass is at this point point in time. So hopefully A list doesn't go through the same thing. Hopefully they're um, they learn from MoviePass and say, let's make sure we have money for this. Let's make sure um, things will look okay in the future. So the next thing I have here is actually Image. 
for the upcoming Dora the Explorer movie. You've heard it correct. There's a live-action Dora the Explorer movie coming out. Um, I believe it's supposed to be coming out next year, I believe. Um, which is kind of crazy. Um, not really exactly hyped about this movie at all. I really didn't like the TV show. I feel like the TV show was kind of crazy and weird, and it really didn't do much for me. But I know it was for kids, so I understand why. So they had this very cliche photo of a... a um, an actress that's in the Dora costume, basically. And she has a book bag, which doesn't look animated. I kind of wish it was, but um, she looks regular. There's no nothing special about this picture, to be honest. It's just a regular person. It looks like she was just backpacking in um, some kind of um, Midwestern place um, in the United States. It, just feel, it feels kind of weird. Um, but the synopsis for this movie, it spells weirdness as well. It's supposed to be where... Um, Dora the Explorer is in high school and she goes on a vacation slash adventure with her parents and then loses them, which is like, word? You have parents? I, I never knew you had parents, to be honest. I've never seen many adults in the Dora Explorer TV show. Uh, I've seen probably like one, maybe, and that's basically it. That I'm not sure where her parents are. Uh, hopefully they show a picture of them. Because I, I have not seen her parents one bit at all. And hopefully they give a talk to her and be like, yo, swipe or no swiping, you shouldn't be out here with Mr. Boots and the the Fox and whatnot. It's just, it feels like you're on Ace on um, LSD or something. It just, it just seems weirdness. Uh, and the fact that you're in high school and you're still doing the same thing as when you did when you was in um, elementary, kind of weird as well. So... Hopefully there's some kind of enjoyment out of this movie. It just it feels like this is gonna be like a straight to um, DVD or Netflix, and it feels like it's gonna be a, a waste of time to watch. To be honest, because it just doesn't look impressive at all. I give this um, thumbs down, all the way down. The next thing I have here is the Flash season five um, costume is being revealed. So this costume looks pretty decent. I actually give it a thumbs middle, um, just because of the, when you see the cow, um, the helmet basically, the, the chin trap isn't as high as I, I want it to be, and that's why I give it a thumbs middle, just because I love season one through four, and how when he puts the costume on, the chin strap comes all the way up, and it basically holds right there. It, it, it brings more of a DC, um, DC um 52 universe for me which I, I like that kind of look but this is going for like the classic flash look which is the most comic accurate costume they've had in the whole seasons because um be honest so for that one yes that's the reason why I got a thumbed middle and got a higher number than it would have and this costume looks pretty nice it's no more like leather everywhere it's more cloth based which it should be great for Grant Gustin because I know he should be super hot in those leather um, uniforms and whatnot. So hopefully they go more cloth for each and every character there. Just because leather, everything, it's cool for some costumes, but for other costumes it feels weird. Like hopefully the the reverse flash does the same thing because in your leather costume and you're going that fast, aren't you making like a forest fire? And your 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 um thighs should be like red, 
read every single moment. So it's, it's kind of crazy to actually see um, this this picture here. This is not bad. It's not the worst they could have made out there. I kind of wish they had a little different vision for it. But for a season five um, Flash costume, it's not the worst. It really isn't. So that's all for thumbs up, thumbs down. The next section I have here is come to theaters. So every week there's a few movies that come out of theaters and I rank them from interested to I'll pass. So if you click on the links that are in the description of this um, podcast, um, they're going to have the videos for each one, the trailers basically. So the first one up is crazy rich Asians. So for this one, I'm quite interested in it. Um, it feels like a, a nice little rom-com, and it looks quite funny, slash um, a better version of Fifty Shades of um, of Black. Is it Black? Fifty Shades of Black? Fifty Shades Darker. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. But yeah, that, um, taking away all the S um, B S M D, all the whips and chains and stuff, taking away all that, it feels like that kind of version where, you know, the main character is uh, actually like Pretty Woman. Not not a Pretty Woman. Um, movie references are kind of leaving me right now. But no, nah, it's basically rich people. It's um, craziness in shoes. And, you know, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I'm kind of interested in seeing this movie. The next one I have here is um, Alpha, which it feels like... A weird movie. Um, this one I gave a semi-pass just because it doesn't feel like anything I, I want to watch. It it feels like it, it's reaching a little too much for me. It's going to be um, this caveman with their um, wolf and their base going to be like friends, basically. So it's just, it, it feels weird. It just feels like something I, I don't want to see. It feels like the nature channel, but a verse, version that's not as entertaining. So, for me, I give that um, a semi-pass. Um, if I have time, I'll go see it, but I'm not going to run to the theater to go see this movie. The last one I have here is Mile 22, and this is with Mark Wahlberg. Good old Marky Mark is going to be doing a 16 blocks rendition, basically, where um, the same, basically the same premise, where they have one person that's bring um, over to the Mile 22 marker or past the Mile 22 marker, and a lot of craziness happens and gunfire and whatnot. And it, it looks like it's going to be kind of cool. So I'm actually very interested in seeing this movie. I, I like action by far. So seeing this here, it just feels like it's going to be a mix between um, Shooter and 16 Blocks. So for me, that's a good that's a good thing right there. I, I love those two movies together. Um, so... It should be fun. Plus, there's going to be a lot of um, action. The person that, that was in the raid is actually in this movie as well. So I think he's doing a lot of his kind of action, which looks very visually appealing. So it should be good. It really should be good. So um, that's all I have for this episode. Um, you can find us on all social medias. On Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, iTunes, at Bring On Reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Bring On Reviews. No, the not one. You can use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any comments, personal reviews, and suggestions you might have. You can even visit the website, which is BringOnReviews.com, for any movie reviews and even this podcast as well. If you love watching 
TV shows, enjoy watching movies. Therefore, you should definitely put your voice out there and start writing some reviews. If you want to write for reviews for this website, please email me at info at bringonthereviews.com and use the subject line, I want to join the review team. Um, besides that, you can also send in any questions and inquiries you might have to that same email address as well. Do find me on social media on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at DwightAntC. That's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. Again, that's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. Or if you want to email me directly, you can email me at dc at bringonorreviews.com. And we'll catch your viewers next time.